Hello, folks. This is Sean Zock back in the host chair, completely refreshed after a week-long vacation. Across the table from me is Dylan DeChair. This is The Drop Zone. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Rory McIlroy, a little bit about Tiger Woods, and a lot about the 2010s, the 2010s. That's right. We are going to put a bow on the decade from 2010 to 2019. We just had the last big tournament, I guess, of the decade wrap up. It was won by McElroy. So it is time to rank the best players from the last 10 years of pro men's golf. Men's golf. That is not to say that we won't do this for the women, but right now we're just focusing on the men. We're going to talk a little bit about all of them. We want you guys to weigh in too and let us know on Twitter. But first, before we get to that, Dylan, have you had a golfy week? First, Sean, can I say your beard has been growing and flourishing in Washington State, the land of the lumberjack. Yeah, it grows more over there. Uh, I played a couple rounds of golf. I went down to Austin, Texas last week. We were co-hosting a golf tournament in advance of the Formula One race in Austin this weekend. So went down to Austin Wednesday, and it was cold. It was colder in Texas than it was in New York. But Joe Suma and I, Joe's uh, on our uh, sales and marketing team, we went out to Lions Muni. This is a historic municipal course in Austin, Texas, the home of Ben Crenshaw and the home of the Firecracker Open, which they play there every year, which some legendary names have won. Who uh, Tom Kite also grew up playing this place. So it's got some soul to it. And they're actually trying to develop the course. There's this whole interesting dynamic, Save Muni. It's a fun course. It was about, you know, 44 degrees and raining when we teed off. There were only two other people on the golf course. Um, Had a nice little time. And then the complete contrasting experience was the next day at this, you know, celebrity tournament, getting to play with Carlos Sainz Jr., getting to play with the CEO of Formula One. They had this good format where the celebs switched groups every six holes. So then you kind of maximize your time with them. And it also works because, you know, these guys aren't necessarily, they're not like pro golfers. Okay. They're just interesting people. They'd kind of join in with your Because group. they're celebrities? And my group took home the title. We won like a miniature Formula One wheel. So, yeah, just a lot to be proud of. You have zero transgressions winning uh, with your professional status? It's problematic it's a gray area uh you know it wasn't strictly like a pro-am it was more of just a celebrity event um at the omni barton creek resort and spa which was we played the fazio canyons course i mean the whole property was pretty incredible and then woke up friday morning we were supposed to sneak out and play nine more holes the course was just frozen it was like the <laughs> hardest frost delay i've ever seen they were like shut it down wow so I did have a golfy week, all that to say, but mine was arguably less exciting than your golfy week Definitely. because you went to visit one of my dream bucket list courses. Tell me about it. We'll get to Chambers Bay in a second, but I first played Gold Mountain, which is a, oh. a course on the west of Seattle. I had to take a ferry from Seattle over to Bremerton, Washington, mm-hmm. then a little Uber, Uber ride to Gold Mountain. Gold Mountain is where Jordan Spieth won one of his junior amateur titles with Michael Greller on the bag. So, like, the clubhouse there is this shrine to Spieth and Greller. <laughs> a lot of good vibes in there. Pretty cool course. Then went to Chambers Bay. Chambers Bay is the best Muni in America. I'm ready to say it. And you know that's a big deal because I love Beth Page, and I loved playing Tory Pines with you this summer. We played Tory at sunset. It was gorgeous. Chambers is better. 
We also played Chambers wow. at Sunset this past week. It was one of the best golf experiences I've had, at least in the last year, perhaps ever, because we had zero wind. It was sunny. It was a little chilly to start. The sun came out. We're the last people on the course chasing Sunset at Chambers. We played 24 holes. It was pretty idyllic. Damn. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Gold Mountain, is that's a Muni too, isn't it? Yeah. So you played like the cream of the crop. Yeah. Those are two of the best, like, 10 munis in the country i think top 100 courses you can play both of them i mean i wish that i had more of like a clashing opinion with this and could stand for beth page or something but no. you, you know that i've i've never even been to chambers bay but i i ranked it as my favorite u.s open host site which yeah just it's gonna get a, a lot of hate mail but it, it should probably get another u.s open soon i mean i talked to a number of people over there and they kind of discussed perhaps what went wrong that week what was uh, perceived improperly that week, what they've changed since. Basically, Chambers Bay will be different the next time it's played on that grand of a scale. The greens will be better, but the course itself doesn't need a whole lot of changing. I mean, it is big, and from those back tee boxes, it's very long, and it's all about those crazy green complexes and, and using yeah, the so banks. How, how does it play? Did it play? Did it feel similar condition wise like firm and fast the way it was for the u.s open or was it I mean, soft and nothing's ever going to play as firm as fast as mike davis set up for the u.s open but it was firm and what i liked is when courses when their big claim is like you can use the banks and use various yeah use uh contours in the green that that's not just a thing for the pros like one of my buddies had this putt that was over 100 feet long. He smashed it through the green, past the hole, 20 feet past the hole, up onto the bank, only for it to stop and roll back to about four mm. feet. He made the putt for the greatest two-putt of all time. That that kind of stuff, it's not just for the pros to have imagination out there. You can also do it, someone like myself, mid-handicapper. So one of the best times I've had on a golf course this year. Love it. All right, now that we're through with that, on to the – the meat of the show this week. We are going to put a bow on the 2010s. We are each going to come up with our own ranking, the top 10 players of the 2010s. Now, this is only 2010 through 2019. So anybody who you know triumphed at majors in 2009, 2008, those don't count. Mm -mm. And honestly, if you're listening... Patty Harrington, <laughs> sorry, pal. Yeah, you had a great end to the, to the 2000s, but not in the 2010s, so... If you look back, Luke Donald was really, really good in 2010, so we had to at least consider him for this. Right now, we had Tiger and Rory winning the final two events. That really, really matter in 2019. So put all those years together. Listen, let us know what you think. I will kick off with one, an apology for not including him. Mm -hmm. Steve Stricker, oh. a man I am very close to in heart. He is not included, but he was one of the best golfers during this time. He was incredibly consistent. He was he just wasn't playing that much. You look at his his numbers. He didn't have enough rounds on the PGA Tour basically 2014 onward to really like register in categories. The guy's been semi-retired for like for 7 forever. years. Yeah, but he's very good and Steve, you're not in the top 10, but apologies to you because I really wanted you to be there. I'd like to apologize to my countryman Keegan Bradley. Um in addition to him, I would say my biggest snub, Martin Keimer. Yeah. Two major championship wins and a player's championship win mm -hmm. all in this decade. But nothing else. But, oh, there's just a bit of a gap. He became world number one. He was world number one. 
Yeah, for a little stretch there. He was dominant for a few months. Um, he was really just dominant for specific weeks. He dominated at Pinehurst. He kind of, he outraced Spieth at the Players, mm-hmm. and he outraced Bubba at the PGA at Whistling Straits, but was never really more special any other week yeah, of the year. Just he, one other PGA Tour event uh, besides those three, and then he did. He, so he won nine total professional events. Yeah, this decade. Not quite on my list. No, I also snubbed him. It's just the guy had these, he had lower floors than anybody else that we considered. Like His he peak went was really digging. high, but he would dig, he, he was outside the top 100 at various points during this decade. Mm-hmm. So apologies, Martin. He You're not may, involved here. Is he not still outside the top 100? He definitely is now, but yeah. just, he's, he's lost it a little bit. As for my top 10, we're going to start with number 10, my 10th best golfer. During the 2010s, we have not shared these with each other. Should make that clear. <laughs> we should let you know, Dylan does not know what I've ranked. I do not know what Dylan has ranked. So my number 10 is Jerry Lester Bubba Watson. Wow. Bubba Watson won 12 times. Mm-hmm. He won two majors. You remember them both. Two masters down in Augusta, Georgia. But the reason he is not ranked higher for me is that he has only five career top 10s in majors only four mm. top tens in the 2010s. So of all the majors that he played, only four of them he finished in the top 10, and he won two of them, didn't do anything else in the majors. He won a bunch of events. He won the Northern Trust a couple times when it was a tournament played at Riviera. He kind of picked his spots when he mm-hmm. would be really, really dominant. And for that, I think he's one of the 10 best players of the decade, but he's not one of the nine best. I will disagree with you, and I'll expand on why a little bit later in the program. So Dylan has Bubba ranked a little bit higher. Who is your 10th? Number 10, I've got Justin Rose. Damn. You may have him a little bit higher. Justin Rose, he's had a couple different stretches to his career. Obviously, there was one crescendo, 2013, when he wins the U.S. Open at Marion. Still his only major title. And really, all of his career has taken place in this decade so in terms of like decade-long performance yeah he's been excellent he's won a bundle of times he's won 16 professional events this decade 10 pga tour events that is a strong body of work and of course it's a strong major (laughs) and you're raking him outside very impressive but he's underperformed this is a guy that you know should be really at the top this whole time i'm glad he got to world number one for a minute there i'm glad he got his major championship that was enough to sneak him inside the top 10, but no more. I mean, does he have – do you have Webb Simpson ranked in your top 10? I, I guess, sure hope not. I guess we'll see. I sure hope not because, I mean, I don't know. Th- that His career is not all too different than Webb Simpson. Whoa. Wait, so maybe you have Webb Simpson ranked in your top nine. No, I don't. Justin Rose and Bubba Watson, two guys that have not exactly nailed the uh, the fashion game they would not be in my in my top 10 fashionable golfers well and i hope i'm not biased against justin rose because he's not the flashiest bloke in the game i don't think i am i might have him ranked too high i'm realizing right now my number nine is jason day oh jason the aussie uh 12 wins same as bubba watson only one major but he did win a player's he did win a skins game. And one note that I would like to make is that players are going to 
players that <laughs> do you just set, cite the skins game that yes. he just won as yep. a yep. and then just yep. tried to cruise yep. right by it he beat tiger and rory just and a couple weeks and hideki a couple weeks before both those guys won so i'm going to give him <laughs> the the faulty skins game clause the thing about my ranking is that it is going to be there's a wild card with it in that if you were a player on top of the world more dominant over a long period of time like if your mm-hmm. best was the best on tour at any point that's going to be a little boost in your favor and Jason Day had that at the end of 2015 and into 2016 his best was far greater than anyone else on the planet i think that that is a big deal like when you look at what he did at winning the PGA in 2015 his first major he won by 3 strokes right against Jordan Spieth who was peaking his next two wins were by six strokes, both of them playoff events. Anytime that you're winning back-to-back playoff events by more than five strokes, like that is another level of gaining strokes on your collective competition. He won by four strokes another time. Like He has just as much in terms of Bubba Watson, in terms of victories and like playing and winning big events, but Bubba was never dominant. Jason Day at one point was dominant. That's a well-made case, and I think you just made a case that he should be even higher than he actually is. Perhaps. Which might be where I have him. My next pick, Sean, has spent 270 weeks at world number two. Oh. 270. I know who this is. over five years of his life that he's spent in that number two position. Do you know how many weeks he's spent at number one? Zero. Zero. Not a single week at number one. Just for some context, the person with the second most weeks— is Jim Furyk. He's spent 39 weeks at number two without getting <laughs> wow. number one. Phil has spent Seven 270 times. weeks. I could just gave it away, but obviously we're talking about Phil Mickelson, lefty, who won two majors this decade. Yeah. And, you know... He grabbed the first major of the decade. Right now we're seeing a Phil Mickelson that is... Uh, He's a bit confusing. He's hitting his social media peak, mm-hmm. but he's really hitting a low in terms of his playing career. And he, he keeps feeling like he's disappearing, but then he'll randomly win another event like he did at you yeah. know WGC Mexico last year, Pe- or two years ago, yep. Pebble Beach last year. Uh, but Phil, you know, he threw in a handful of wins this decade, but also those two majors, seven top two finishes, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, eight, overall professional wins plus he won the match he did win the match so if i'm going to cite the skins you're including skins game i'm going to include the match nine million dollars in prize money i won't argue with that i mean two majors is a lot granted i already put bubba with two majors below jason day with one but two majors will at least get you in in here because not a whole lot of people made that happen my number eight i don't know if i feel great about this uh But I'm going with Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, he won 11 times. He won his one major. But he won, he won 11 times. A little too many of those are limited field events. Oh, no. For, for my sake. You know, I'm a big full field guy. And if you just look at his wins, he won the Tournament of Champions. That's a limited field. He won the Bridgestone Invitational. It's a limited field. When the BMW, again, slightly limited field. I, I'm really kind of joking because the guy is incredible. He's You're one nitpicking of the, here. I'm nitpicking, but he has won the CIMB Classic twice. He won the CJ Cup twice. He's done a lot of damage in the fall. 
he has he has had a couple of lulls. This is a, a real point. He has some lulls during the season. Mm-hmm. He's had some injuries. If we're talking about the best golfers of the decade, it sucks that he didn't get to use the years 2010 through 2015. He's really just done it in the back half. And so really, this is a huge compliment that half of a decade from him is as good as a full decade from Adam Scott. Even better, because Adam Scott's not on my ranking. Mm-mm. So I don't know. JT has been great. He hasn't exactly contended in a bunch of majors. If you look at his, his major finishes, he's got his one win. He's got a T6 at the PGA, a T9 at the U.S. Open, and no other top tens. Wow. So he hasn't, he hasn't been like his buddy Spieth in terms of actually contending to win these things. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's number eight. I also have JT number eight. Woo! Let's go. So we get some drop zone alignment there. <laughs> Finally. Uh, JT belongs to number eight. I th- he's not the youngest player on my list, I don't believe. Um, I'd have to double check that. But he's definitely, been, he's definitely been on the scene. Speed's younger, correct? Yes. But JT has been on the scene for the least amount of time. Correct. In terms of PGA Tour activity. Um, so it's hugely impressive. He's been one of the best players in the world for the last three plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, his 2017 was really, really impressive when he showed that he was suddenly better than Dustin Johnson. He seized that best player in the world championship belt for yep. a little while, which like you said, is also very important in my rankings. Yeah. That's my- why I have him above day because day has 12 wins in one major JT has 11 wins in one major, but JT, I, his best is better than day's best. I think mm. I really do. Like day was so built off of his putter. JT it's a magic putter. JT's ball. Like he's, He's going to be one of the best ball strikers on tour his entire career. He's that good at meeting the club face to the ball. And when his driver agrees with him, that's when he wins. That's when he runs away and sprints from the field. Well, it's funny. So we were talking about this last night in Tour Confidential. There's this list of guys, like when Rory McIlroy wins a tournament, everyone's like, you know, when Rory's on, he's the best player in the world. There's a handful of guys that you still say that about. Is JT on that list? Yes, and I don't like that you kept him off of it. I think he's right on the fringe. No, I don't think that's the way we think about him. I I mean, did you see what he did this year? He he was injured the entire year and then it clicked during mm-hmm. during the fall or during the playoffs and then fall season. He ran away in Chicago at Medina, ran away and hid. It wasn't even really close. Mm-hmm. And he did it in, in the fall event again at the CJ Cup. Like JT is that good at his peak. I don't even think that you're wrong. It's just that it, it's more his style of game, the way he carries himself. It It is less spectacular than the other players in that class, which is why I find I don't think it's all too different outside. It's not all too different from Dustin Johnson. Mm. It really isn't. Yeah. I mean, I think DJ gets a little bit more love because he is this six foot four dude who has so much le- like just just this ridiculous whipping swing and he absolutely hammers the ball. JT kind of uses all that his body has for him. Like it's not as sexy. I think when Justin Thomas does it, than when DJ does it, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. You're not big into the sex. I think that that's part of, I think that that's part of it, you know, and even this weekend was a big moment for uh, short, powerful guys on tour. Sure. Final group on Sunday in China was Louis, Xander, and Rory mm, combined. None of them is threatening 5'10". Mm-hmm. Put it that way. 
so JT is another one of those guys that, but he doesn't hit it as beautifully as Rory. He does not, his, he hits the ball very straight and very far, kind of like Kepka does. And he doesn't hit a lot of these spectacular recovery shots. He has solid, powerful fundamentals. I don't know. He He's just... He's 26 years old, and that's the bottom line, is that he's going to be a top 10 player probably for the, the 2020s. He's spectacular. Right? Would yeah. you bet on that? I would. His game is built to last. It's built to continue to be yeah. very, very good. Can I, I'm taking the next pick here because Jason Day is number seven in my rankings. I have him above JT for his whole body of work, for the fact that I thought that for stretch the for the skins, the skins game was probably the tiebreaker, but that stretch that he had at the end of 2015 to 2016, it seemed like he was going to win every single week. This is true. It was tiger-like. He was taking, because we had peak speed at that point. We had a version of peak Rory. And then Jason Day came into the mix and was like, you guys think this is your era. This is actually my era. This is my time to take over the golf world. He was, he's been not that good recently. And I think that that is coloring our sure. vision of him of where he was. Yeah. You know, it's been the WDs. It's been fading a little bit from, you know, relevance, but God, he had this insane stretch. You were not working in the biz. You were not on your blogging game. I was not when this was happening. I was, and the way you're building up, it was, that is true. I mean, there was this big three discussion and that involved him, Spieth, and DJ, and then Rory re-entered it. There was a big four, and then we kind of gave up on the whole idea of big anything. But Day was like, when was like you said, taking peak Spieth and kind of peak DJ, and then adding to it, basically saying, I'm just as good. That's hard to do. It's really hard for these guys to show I'm just as good. It takes multiple wins. It takes a major in like three victories or four victories, something like that. Yeah, I mean, all right, let's just run really quickly through the end of days 2015. So he wins the RBC Canadian Open, uh, you know, 12th at the Bridgestone, wins the PGA Championship, wins the Barclays, that's the first playoff event, another T12 at Deutsche Bank, wins the BMW. Yeah you know, 10th in the tour championship and then start of the next season goes on to win the win at Bay Hill and win the players. So, and win the match play yeah, just for good measure. Yeah. Five and four over Louis. Insane. Yep. All right. Moving on. Number seven. It's I'm glad you jumped in there because my number seven Mm -hmm. is Phil Mickelson. Oh, so yeah, (laughs) it's nice. Uh, Mickelson, if you look at it, seven wins during this decade, two majors, those five second-place finishes in majors were actually some of the most riveting golf, and perhaps it's because we all love Phil and he was chasing his way up the major ranks. But he was—he took second to Spieth in 2015 at Augusta. People completely forget that Mickelson played phenomenal golf to get to 14 under or whatever it was, 16 under. He just lost to Spieth, the young kid, having just the most incredible, incredible week. He lost to Stenson at Troon. Mm-hmm. He just, he, he won that event through 54 holes and he won it through like 65 holes. I mean, that event was single-handedly almost enough to bring Stenson into this conversation yeah. because it was so spectacular. He didn't have the body of work, but, but your point stands. Yes. And, and you keep looking down the line, the 2014 PGA at Valhalla when Rory won in the darkness. Rory actually played down and Phil ran forward, holding off Stenson, holding off Fowler, 
Phil was the greatest competitor to Rory in that moment. Obviously, Marion, where Justin Rose wins. I mean, talk about a greater moment than when Phil Mickelson's walking up the 18th and the crowd is chanting, Phil, Phil, mm-hmm. Phil. The, the leader's in the clubhouse and people don't want him to win. They want the guy on the course to win. Maybe if Phil had carried a driver that week so he didn't have to hit his stupid little like two and a half wood off the 18th hole. You want Phil Mickelson with a driver. Are you kidding? Well, when you're playing like a 520-yard <laughs> par four to finish and you need to make birdie, then suddenly you wish you had driver. All right, let's move forward. Number six for me is Justin Rose. Now, you had Rose at number nine. I had him at 10. 10, Jesus. 10 hole. That was offensive. Jay Rose, 10 wins, one major, four Euro Tour wins. This morning when I was preparing for this, I was looking at just who the top 10 are in strokes gained total. Basically, the 10 best golfers performing Mm-hmm. In, rela- in relation to the field throughout the entire season. Jay Rose was in the top 10 strokes gained total six times this decade. Six out of 10, that's more than anybody else. So in terms of the, the consistency, year to year, always there, always a, a, a guy in the top 40 in the rankings, Justin Rose was that guy. Now that you made your point and you know, I started talking all these guys up, he does seem a little bit high. But he was there from 2010 to 2019. We're seeing your guy. We're seeing Phil drop off. We're seeing Jason Day drop off. We're seeing a bunch of guys like JT and Spieth who were really great in the latter half. Justin Rose was there the entire decade. Rarely ever injured. Yes, he doesn't have two majors, but he should. He should at least have a Masters. Do you think this is a peak that is continuing, or have we seen what we're going to see from Justin Rose, and and that's it? Oh man, I think we're seeing the best out of him. I mean, he is. He started old. to he started to fade a little bit. Yeah, he's also like thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Gonna be forty next year. Looks great. Great shape. Looks great. He's had some back issues. Nine years younger than Phil. The answer is no. I don't think he will peak again from here. But he can still be very good and maybe one of those guys. I mean, would you doubt the guy at Augusta or picking off one of the Open Championships that he'll play out in the next five years? Certainly not. No. You know, and he seems to focus on peaking for these majors. He plays pretty – he shows for big events. Played yeah. well at the Olympics. All right, number six, I've got Bubba Watson. And this is an interesting contrast so you with your – swapped 10 and 6. This is – yeah, in contrast to your Justin Rose pick, look, when you talk about strokes gained, it's, it's probably the best stat in terms of – uh, evaluating a player's Who's overall the best player, yeah. Well, yeah, in terms of their overall shots hit, but when you're talking about the player's body of work over the course of the decade, I want the tangibles. I want the <laughs> wins. If we're being predictive, you know, this is like the baseballification, because when people are talking about the MVP race now in baseball, they're like, throw out wins. That's not an important stat. They're like, let's talk about, you know, batting average and balls in play. That's exactly what strokes gained would be. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, look, yeah, I get it. If you're talking about who's going to play well next tournament, that's smart. That's a smart way to evaluate the quality of an actual player. But when you're evaluating their performance, their legacy, wins still matter. A a guy going 17-2 and for the Red Sox, that still matters. And Bubba Watson winning two Major championships, both at Augusta National, 
in a limited field and sneakily 11 other PGA tour events. Yeah. That it tw- flies those, way under the radar. The 12 wins are, are crazy. I think Bubba has had the most underrated decade of anybody on this list. But he has done nothing else at majors. I'd put him up there if he, won it, if he won at Whistling Straits, but he has done nothing else at majors. You know, Bubba... I think that's a huge issue. I'm impressed with Bubba's selective work, and he has absolutely maxed out his decade playing well. Yeah. Has he only played well at about four golf courses? Maybe, but man, he's built a Hall of Fame career out of it. We're at the halfway point. Whew. And we have the same five in six through ten. <laughs> I, I would be surprised if we didn't. Rose, Mickelson, Thomas Day, and Bubba Watson. Oh, I would say I would be surprised if we don't have the same top five. Yes, sure. I think that the reason why we have these five guys is that I didn't feel comfortable putting anyone else in there. Like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's got to be some smattering of like Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. You start like leaking into people that were just in the beginning, Keimer, Luke Donald, Lee Westwood. Luke Donald was money for a stretch <laughs> really in good. 2011, 12. But they really, really died off. You know what's interesting? How easy it was to leave Ricky Fowler off this list. So easy. Impossibly easy. Which you feel bad, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone just got crazy about Ricky when he won the players, and that followed the year in which he made top five in all the 2014 majors. Mm-hmm. But can you remind me what he's done at any majors since? I mean, he finished second to Patrick Reed at the masters, but that, I mean, I don't, I don't see him popping up anywhere else. Just saw, I mean, you've talked about these other guys have all had these spectacular runs besides Justin Rose, maybe has not had the same stretch of dominance, but everyone else has really had some strong, strong showcase performances. Ricky, maybe next decade's the one for him. Speaking of dominance, my number five, this might come as some surprise to you is Brooks Kepka. What? The fifth best player throughout all of the 2010s. Wow. He has seven wins. Four of them are majors. Mm-hmm. He won player of the year once. He should have won it twice, but he won it once. He was top four in all the majors this year, but he was not even around in the first five years of this decade. And that is really, really difficult to, to get over. He was, he was in Kenya. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you are not or, you know, on the PGA Tour, winning a bunch on the European Tour, mm. if you're not playing in the majors, it's tough for you to do it. It's really just tough. So his overall like, lack of tour wins, his overall performance across the board, because he hasn't been always – he has never been number one in strokes gained overall. Like That's going to bring him down. But the four majors elevate him, man. Only one other person on this list has four majors in this decade. So Brooks is number five. I feel a little bad about it, but he just didn't really do anything in the first half of the decade. That's your guy, man. I know. I thought you'd be sneaking him top two for no, sure. I know. I feel bad. I thought you might be making an argument for him for number one. Hopefully he doesn't hold it against me. Number five, I've got Tiger Woods. Okay. Tiger Woods has been... Also your guy. The fifth best player this decade. He has had Which some is incredible. high highs and some low lows. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the guy was invisible for half the decade. If you look at the way 
he played in 2013. That really uh, guarantees, yeah, that really guarantees his spot in the top five on this list. Without that, you're talking something much more nebulous. But he was good in 2011. He was really good in 2013. He was the player of the he, year. He won three times in 2012. Yes. I mean, this was this was a guy who really was still good. People just forget about what happened between 2009 and about 2017. But Tiger played some really good golf in the middle of that stretch. And now, obviously, he has won in each of the last three PGA Tour seasons. Crazy. Do you know that? Yep. The Tour Championship was right at the end. Then, obviously, the Masters. And now he has won in the 2019-2020 season. Um, which, has Rory now done that, too? I can't remember if he even won two years ago. <laughs> I don't know. But Tiger Woods is the most miraculous part of this list for that reason. In some ways, his uh, he's only played a similar number of years as, say, Kepka or Justin Thomas. Yeah. But they've come at the tail end of his career, and I don't think we're going to see him on this list for the next decade, but there's still signs <laughs> that he could hang around for a few more years. That would be incredible. Uh, let's just move into my number four then, because I have Tiger Woods at number four. I gave him the edge over Kepka because of those 11 victories. Now, if you note that Kepka was not able to win on the PGA Tour for the first few years of this decade, you would note also that Tiger was not able to win throughout the middle part of the decade. So, all that inclusive, Tiger wins four more times than Kepka. He has his one player of the year. He has his one major. I'm really just amazed that, like, the the first three years were really, 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 really good, and they're just so distant that it's hard to remember mm-hmm. them. And they're even more distant now because he has replaced them. For a while there, 2013 was all we could talk about with Tiger Woods. And when, it was, when he was struggling with back issues, when he went through the DUI – that's all we could think about 2013 remember can he ever get back to that it was every ancient no. he didn't win for over five years and now he's won three times in the last 14 months i mean it's all right there you know an interesting thing looking back at tiger's numbers from this decade the dude hasn't won any european tour events except he doesn't play except for uh the masters obviously he doesn't play in those events he doesn't really no but it's just an interesting contrast because over the course of his career he's sneakily won 40 something european tour events between majors wgc's and then he used to go you know play in turkey you want my number four let's hear it don't do it dustin johnson okay dustin johnson is my number four player of the last decade he has won sean you're wrong by the way i believe he's won more times than anyone else on this list is that correct same amount of wins the same amount of wins what does he have 19 total wins 19 professional wins over the course of this just one major championship dominance he's been this is you again just upset with him not performing to his potential Mm, it is me being upset at him only winning one major championship if that's what you mean yeah you held the same thing against justin rose well yeah maybe so i'm consistent in my criteria i will take that dustin johnson has been ranked in the world top 10 he is the longest current streak because he's been ranked in the world top 10 since 2015 so that's he has just impressive. been the model of consistency he has not been good he doesn't have a uh, top 20 i don't believe since the PGA Championship. That's so a sneaky stat, the top 10 stat, by the way, because mm-hmm. if you just look at the current ranking, 
Number 10 is Bryson, who's won a bunch in the last two years. Number nine, Xander, who's won a bunch in the last two years. Mm -hmm. So in order to stay inside the top 10, you have to win a bunch over the two-year cycling span. Like, So in order to not drop, I mean, right now, number 11 is Webb Simpson, who had perhaps the best year of his life last year. Francesco Molinari, who reached his peak, he's number 12. Look at the ranking, and that tells you how hard it is to stay in the top 10. Well, meanwhile, DJ obviously racked up a ton of points because he doesn't have a top 20 since the PGA Championship in May, and he's still sitting in third. So 244 weeks in the top 10. That's almost five years. Model of consistency, just one major championship. That's major points down for DJ. So at this point, you and I are going to have the same top 10, just different ordered differently my number three is jordan spieth spieth has won 11 times three of those have been majors he won rookie of the year he won player of the year he was the he performed in the top 10 strokes gained total four times granted jordan spieth has only been around for the last six years so if you, you, you look at the guy the first time he came onto the scene he was number six in 2013. During his rookie season, he was number six in strokes gained total. So from, from the moment he started, he was conceived as a PGA Tour player. He's been incredible. And now granted, like a couple people on this list, he has kind of faded off. But his fade off is still really, really pretty good. He still jumps up there into the top 10 some weeks, sometimes in the top five. Right now, he's somehow inserted his name as a potential captain spec because he's just that good. He's been a great Ryder Cup player. All I'm saying, he's been better than Tiger. And those three majors and the 11 wins put him better than Brooks. I agree that he's been better than Brooks because Brooks Kepka is my number three. Four major championships. That is, you cannot win one major this decade and still fall behind that four number. That is, it's a massive, massive number, especially to come over the course of three seasons. Um, I mean, the highlights are just so high for Kepka. He showed a little bit of range when he won uh, in Memphis this summer just to change things up, show it's not just majors. But the way he dominated the U.S. Opens, the PGA Championships, I mean, it was it was an impressive enough performance that people started saying, okay, Brooks Kepka could be on the list of, you know, one of the greatest players of all time when it's yeah. all said and done. Yeah. The only thing, mind you, is that mm-hmm. him showing up to play at the Travelers, he didn't think he was going to win. Let's put it out there. He sure didn't win either. Him, Yeah, him showing up to play at the Canadian Open – you didn't think, like you said earlier with Jason Day, you thought he was going to win every single week out. Him at his peak, it felt like he would only win. You don't feel that with Brooks. Now, you might feel it at the majors. I'm starting to get that feeling. Like You did. This you summer at the, the U.S. Majors. Open, it felt like, oh, here comes Brooks. He didn't end up winning, but everyone had that collective feeling of yes. like, well, here we go again. We didn't think it would happen. We didn't think this was the right course for him. You know, he looked out of sorts, and then boom, there he is, charging up the leaderboard. Yeah, and then he did it again at Portrush. But I just think that the fact that he hasn't done it everywhere, I think that says a little bit about his total peak. Four major championships, Sean. <laughs> Four of them. Again, hey, Brooks is my guy. Just Love the guy. One for the thumb next year. Yeah, that's true. Moving on, my 
number two. You and I are going to have the same number one. It's not going to be climactic. But number two for me is DJ. 18 PGA Tour wins. Big wins guy. 18. Plus. Can you even count to 18? A little win in Saudi Arabia to top things off. Can you even count to 18? One per hole. Have you even been to 18 tour events? No. I have been. One major, obviously, at Oakmont, under pressure. I think the fact that he didn't win more majors is a, a negative thing for you. But I just think about all the majors he could have won by putting himself into contention. Like, he obviously had some brutal, brutal gaffes that you can't give the guy credit for. He should have won at Pebble Beach in 2010. He should have won at Whistling Straits. The guy is, some people think that he is the most talented player of all time. Somehow that he would have more talent than Tiger. I'm not ready to go there. But, again, going back to the top 10 of strokes gained overall, he was in the top 10 four times in the last decade. He just, he lacks that dominant season. Like, he's had a, he's had a number of seasons where he won three times. But you kind of look back and be like, okay, was 15 his season? No, well, that was speed season. Mm-hmm. Was 16? No, that was day season. Weirdly, it was Where 2017 was... when he was not even the best player in the world. Exactly. So with DJ, it's like, where was his peak? Mm-hmm. 16 top 10s in majors. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And uh, I think that's for his career. I don't know if he, he must have snuck one in before this decade. but And four runner-up finishes in majors. So you're gonna just the one. Win. You're gonna put Spieth at number two, huh? Jordan Spieth is my number two. I had Spieth number two all morning, and I switched him to three. So I, I tend to agree with this. Well, that 2015 season just keeps coming into my head as one of the greatest major seasons of all time. Better than Brooks Kepka's season this year, um, for sure. He it won twice. It, it, sn- it smelled like he could have won the Grand Slam. Having played the 18th at Chambers Bay twice this week, not to and, brag, and and walking up the 18th, you just an incredible backdrop behind the 18th green, and there's this little plaque out there right in front of the bunker, about 250, I think it's 253 <laughs> yards uphill into a green. That's where Spieth hit his three wood during the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay, and I tried it multiple times. And oh yeah, not that I should be able to live up to that. But it's just an incredible shot. And that, to me, is like a lot of people wanted Spieth to obviously win the British Open. But the peak of that season, that run, was him saying, oh, DJ, one of the greatest players ever behind me. You just stuck it close on 17. Well, I'm going to stick it close on 18 and put all the pressure on you. The crazy thing about lists like this is that that one shot and then what DJ did on the green is the reason that Spieth is two and yes. DJ is four instead of probably the other way around. For sure. For sure. I mean, DJ himself, you give him a second major win, who knows what he goes on to do. Like, he only got to Oakmont kind of in spite of everything that he had gone to, through to that point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I made the whole case for you, I guess. With Thank Spieth. you. I appreciate your help there. He's just been he's been always so good. and And during that 15 season as well, I was just talking to the, to my buddy about this the other day. You felt like he was going to win the Travelers and the Valspar and mm-hmm. the Valero and every single event that he played. He ended up capping it by a number of strokes at the Tour Championship. It was elite, 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 and you thought every 20-foot putt was going in. He's kind mm-hmm. of back to that, where you think he's going to make everything. But he's the results One of the greatest not... putters of all time. Yes, but I think one of the things that's gotten lost from Jordan Spieth's peak is just how good a ball striker he was. 
his iron game was so good. It wasn't like quite peak Tiger, but it had that element of, okay, Jordan Spieth's in the fairway. He's going to flag this thing. He doesn't have the prettiest swing. He never has, but he's so damn effective, and his miss was so good. He would just have that little chicken wing, short right miss, yeah, and, and then he would and get up and down. <laughs> you can live with that short right miss. He made a, a living on it. He, he made the greatest rules decision of the decade. What was at, that? At, um, at Burkdale, when he fanned his drive a mile right, mm-hmm. made the, I guess, that was a, probably the greatest bogey of the decade. Um, and then he went torrid. He did Matt Kuchar dirty there, man. He did Matt Kuchar and the family dirty. But perhaps Matt Kuchar deserved it, if we've seen what uh, wow. Matt Kuchar really is. Number one for both of us. Let's just talk about it. The greatest player of the decade. I didn't believe this four months ago. Webb Simpson. <laughs> Rory McIlroy. Yeah. I mean, how fitting is it that this comes in the wake of the uh, PGA Tour Player of the Year discussion? Yeah. Because it had this similar feel to it where it's just the overwhelming weight of his resume throughout this decade. I mean, the guy made it first into the World Top 10 in November 2009. Wow. Here we are in November 2019. If that is not a sign of a decade of excellence, yeah. I don't know what is. Give no. me some numbers for Rory. All right, 18 wins as well mm-hmm. on the pga tour on the pga tour. 27 worldwide yeah so he's been around the world four majors six european tour wins three times he was named the pga tour player of the year and i said i didn't believe this like three or four months ago because that was in the middle of rory screwing himself over on the first hole at Portrush, brooks kepka finishing in the top four at all majors again. Mm-hmm. A week later, Brooks Kepka staring into Rory's soul and dominating him on Sunday at Memphis. I thought there, I'm like, holy cow, is Rory not the best player of this decade? Because I was starting to think about all decade lists. Mm. Brooks is obviously up there with his four majors. Was Brooks better than Rory? You're is a he a prisoner of the moment? Well, yeah. And I started thinking, who will we remember most from the 2010s of golf? It's a number of people, as we had just demonstrated. But I was starting to think, holy cow, it's freaking Brooks Kepka. But it was kind of fun to see Rory kind of take that title back. He won the Tour Championship. He won the POI. He just won another. No, he just won another WGC. And then when you look at his Wikipedia page, it's like, oh damn, this guy's been here forever. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that they've become such a opposite sides of the spectrum. Rory is like the trying and caring side right now yeah he's been talking about which oh he, he wasn't in the which, middle of the decade right which he wasn't i don't need he was to like grow the, the game. he was the not caring guy but now he's the guy that's like i want this rivalry with kepka i'm gunning for his world number one ranking you know i'm almost there and sure enough he stared him down stared him down at the tour championship stared well not him but stared kepka's x-ray from back in florida down when he won in china this week it was a fitting end to the decade, and it feels like we're entering another Rory peak. Yeah. He's ascendant. It does, but we've, we've low-key been way. here before. Yeah. We've low-key been here before. That's it for the decade, the 2010s ranking. Rory's number one. 
a number of other guys put up really good efforts, but in the end, there was no one that was just as good. I got a question for you before we get off, Rory. How are we going to feel? Because we should be able to see it coming right now when Rory is like five to one to win the Masters, when everyone is picking Rory to win the Masters. I will pick against him. Will we be wrong? Will that be incorrect? Will he win the Masters? What I want out of the 2020 Masters is for Brooks Kepka and Rory to have the final tee time on Sunday, that duo, and then right behind them, Tiger and Spieth. Wow. That would be absolutely incredible. You would not be able to sleep the night before that. Speed's going to contend regardless of what happens for the next, you know, so is Tiger. 25 years at the Masters. <laughs> Tiger won't do it for that long, but Tiger w- will surely contend at Augusta. Oh, man. Did you enjoy going through this exercise? Yes. Did you learn anything? Yes, but I want to learn what our viewers think. Oh. I want to learn what the listeners think because surely we are not correct. Did we leave anyone off because we both had the same 10 guys? Did we forget somebody? Was Lee Westwood really that good? Could be right. No, he wasn't. He wasn't that good. But was Adam Scott perhaps that good? He, he won seven times. I couldn't believe that I left Adam Scott off my list. He had he had fifteen top tens in the majors this decade. If someone wants to put some respect on Martin Keimer's name, the floor is yours. That is it for the drop zone today. For Dylan DeChair, I am Sean Zock. We'll see you here next week.